Welcome to God With Us with Pastor Daniel Hahn of the Pittsburgh Tri-Parish Lutheran Churches. It is indeed a great blessing to have you here with us today as we continue to share the exciting truths that are alive in the Word of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is also the end of fearing men. In today's message, Pastor Han reflects on the fear of God. Let us now use our wisdom and listen to Pastor Han's message today about the fear of the Lord on God with us. Will you pray with me? Almighty Father, creator of heaven and earth, we thank you for your almighty power that governs all things. But most of all, we thank you for your great love shown us in sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. Grant us, we pray, in his name and for his sake, the rich outpouring of your Holy Spirit that we may remain steadfast in true faith all the days of our life, live in boldness and confidence before you, and share the hope that we have with others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. This is chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. This is our text. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and Jesus our Savior and the Holy Spirit our Comforter. Amen. You shall have no other gods. That's the first commandment. And the explanation to that commandment in Luther's small catechism is this. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. I've always loved that very concise definition. What does it mean to have a God, to have the true God? It's this, to fear, to love, to trust him. 
In his larger catechism, Luther teaches that people have many false gods and that anything to which we look for our good becomes our God. But the true God is the one who reveals himself to us in Jesus Christ and in the pages of the inspired word. The true God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who gives his glory to no other. Fear him, love him, trust him, and no other, and you will have the true God as your God. We are to fear, love, and trust. All of those are key in our relationship with the Almighty, but I want to pay particular attention today to the matter of fear. I take that focus because I see in our scripture readings today two very different manifestations of fear. There is the fear that we see in Nicodemus who comes to Jesus only by night so that others would not see him. And then there is the fear of the prophet Isaiah who stands before the triune God as a sinful man and in seeing the Lord in his divine majesty is undone. One is a fear of men, and the other is fear of God. We begin with Nicodemus. Our Lord's midnight conversation with this member of the Sanhedrin is really a great treasure for us to have recorded in the gospel. In that discussion that was held in the shadows, the true light of the Holy Trinity was revealed for faith. Christ describes how the Holy Spirit works in and through water to make us born again, and how the Father, in love for a perishing world, sent his only begotten Son to save us. Thus we see the work of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with Nicodemus are invited to put our trust in the true God. But Nicodemus is afraid. Our Lord was already at that time a figure of some controversy. Already many in the Jewish leadership were strongly opposed to him and were determined to destroy him. Many of those people were Nicodemus' friends, his co-workers in the Jewish council. To openly identify with Jesus and his teachings was a risky move for a man like Nicodemus who valued his position and reputation it was safer to admire Jesus from afar and inquire of him by night and to keep his fear of men. As the Gospels unfold and Jesus draws ever closer to his cross, that fear we see in Nicodemus began to spread. One by one, even the Lord's chosen disciples abandoned him, severing their public ties to Jesus, hiding in fear. Even Peter publicly denied the Lord three times. Aren't you one of them? I do not know the man. Now we know that after Christ was raised from death, Peter found his courage again. But that fear of being associated with Jesus continued in others and still continues. We have stories from the early church of Christians who caved in to the pressure of Rome. Many offered a pinch of incense to a statue of the emperor 
and called him Lord and God, because that's what those in power demanded that they do and say. And the consequences of remaining faithful to Jesus were fearful. In other times of persecution, others, even pastors, gave over rare and precious copies of the New Testament to be burned in the fire for fear of what men might do to them. In many parts of the world today, Christians face imprisonment or death for their allegiance to Jesus Christ. But in our country, no one is facing anything close to that kind of physical threat to life and limb. Nevertheless, the fear of men persists among us. We understand there is a risk, at least a social cost, to being too closely tied to Jesus. Someone might think less of us. They might think us ignorant or hateful or superstitious. Our allegiance to the God of the Bible and the moral teachings of the Bible could make us targets. If we're suspected of holding opinions contrary to the state doctrine, we might lose a friend or a family member, even our job. Best to stay quiet, best to keep neutral. We tell ourselves that we do this because we want to be polite to others, but the truth is we're afraid. Like Nicodemus, we would prefer to lurk in the shadows. As we gather here today, it is Memorial Day weekend, in addition to being Trinity Sunday. It's a time of solemn remembrance as we remember the sacrifice of so many who gave their lives in service and defense of our nation. I don't have any personal experience with combat, but I suspect that very many of those young men and women who once were called upon to serve our country faced situations in which fear was working very powerfully upon them. But we do not discount the honor of those who may have known fear in what they experienced. Rather, we give honor to those who, despite their fears, faced danger and suffered loss for the sake of something greater. There is something greater for us than the fear of men and the honor of this world. And there is a need for others to hear the gospel that is greater than our worries about what others might think of us. We would do well to look to those examples of courage that we have seen. Let's turn our attention to Isaiah. Isaiah also experienced fear, but in his case, it was a holy fear. He writes, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. Can you imagine that, that sight? He saw the triune God in his resplendent majesty, a glory into which even the angels could not look but shielded their eyes, a glory which would have struck him dead instantly as a sinful man had God not allowed him to live. And as Isaiah took in that awe-filled sight, 
and heard the seraphim singing praises to the holy, holy, holy God, he was stricken with dread. Woe is me, he said, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And with those words, the Lord immediately dispatched relief. An angel was sent to take a purifying ember from the altar and touch it to the lips of God's prophet, cleansing him of all sin and giving those unclean lips boldness to speak the truth of God before men without fear in the confidence of the triune God who was enthroned over all creation, that he was with him. Even so, he pledges to be with you. Sometimes I think about that momentous experience of Isaiah when I find myself kneeling in the presence of God before his altar in church. Like that burning ember that was carried to Isaiah, what does that mean for me? When the precious lamb of God is taken from the altar and placed into the sinful mouth of mine. It means the very thing that Isaiah was pledged. Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. It's with that cleansing from the holy God that Isaiah was then bold to speak for God, to say, here am I, send me. Even so, God sends you and me into this world to live and speak with boldness, pointing others to Christ. Our Lord said, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. He's not talking about the devil. The devil can't send anyone to hell. Only God is the judge. Christ is saying, fear God and God alone. For as it is often said, those who fear the Lord need not fear anything else. And to be clear, the holy fear of God is not like worldly fear that we might have toward those who could harm us. The fear of God is not terror of evil, but the awareness of his awesome goodness. It is the reverence and awe of the one who is far, far above us in holiness and power, in wisdom and majesty. I love a word that I read this past week from Francis de Sales, a 17th century bishop. He said, we must fear God out of love, not love him out of fear. I find that very helpful. We must fear God out of love, not love him out of fear. That's how it works. We could never come to love a God of whom we were terrified. We could only try to avoid him and cower before him. But God has given us to know his love for us in Jesus Christ. That loving him through his son, we might also come to fear him in holy awe. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, in the shadows of night, he declared 
that love of God that could set Nicodemus free from his earthly fears and draw him into the fear of God. He said to him, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you are not going to perish, then what are you afraid of? Later, Jesus showed that love of God to Nicodemus and the whole world by laying down his life on the holy cross in payment for our sins. On the cross, Christ gave to Nicodemus and you and me, in fact, the very vision that Isaiah had so long ago. At Calvary, we see our God enthroned, high and lifted up. Our God in his glory. And in the atonement blood of Christ poured out there, we who are sinful are made clean before the holy God, made bold to serve God. Did you know Nicodemus was there on that day when Jesus died? And in the power of that cross, he learned the fear of God that banishes the fear of men. We read in John chapter 19 that when Jesus breathed out his last, Nicodemus who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes. And aloes. Together with Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus anointed the body of our Lord, wrapped it carefully in linen, and placed him in the tomb. That man, who once hid in the shadows, now very publicly identified himself with the Lord. And he does so in the moment when the hatred of the world is burning hottest against Christ, when everyone else has left him. Nicodemus makes his cause with Jesus even at the moment when all hope seems lost for Christ is dead. Even then, Nicodemus is willing to be seen by all in close contact with Jesus, loving Jesus, because Jesus first identified himself with Nicodemus and gave himself willingly to death to save him. At the cross where Jesus died, Nicodemus learned the fear of God that laughs, the fear of men to scorn. And how much more? How much more his boldness must have been when three days later the Lord was risen again. We pray. Lord our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make us bold to confess you in this world. In the vision of the cross, set us free from the fear of men, that we might fear you alone. By the sacrifice of Jesus, cleanse us anew from all sin, that we might honor you with our lips and our lives. Help us now and always, dear God, to fear, love, and trust in you above all things. Amen. The peace of God that passes human understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of God With Us. This program is brought to you every week by your friends of the Pittsburgh Tri-Parish Lutheran Churches and this radio station. One of the most powerful things anyone can do is to pray. So come and be with us as we maintain appropriate social distancing starting at 3 p.m. every Tuesday at Zion. Come and be blessed as we pray simultaneously with people around the world for individual needs, our country, and the world. That's Prayer Warriors every Tuesday afternoon at Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church, 237 37th Street, Lawrenceville, Pennsylvania. And remember, all are welcome. Tune in again next week for more of Pastor Han's teachings on the Word of God. Until next time, may the Lord Jesus Christ, our God with us, always be with you.